Welcome to Alem Talks, where we strive to build community, nurture black leadership, and push for leadership excellence in Milwaukee and beyond. Through black leadership, Alem aims to make Milwaukee a global destination where African Americans live, thrive, and prosper. I'm your host, Walter Lanier, President and CEO of Alem, the African American Leadership Alliance of Milwaukee. I am here uh, with a very distinguished gentleman, brother, associate, and friend uh, from Milwaukee, Brother Keith Stanley, uh, who has been doing phenomenal work in our Milwaukee community for a long time, and he is moving on to higher heights to take his impact show on the road uh, to Charlotte. It is good to have you with us. How are you? Can't complain, Walter. I'm enjoying this uh, beautiful, crispy Milwaukee day. Don't have many of them left before I head to Charlotte. Yeah. So I'm looking at this headline. Keith Stanley, leaving near Westside Partners. Group seeks new leader. Stanley moving to Charlotte to replicate the nonprofit model. And so you are going to become the president and CEO of University City Partners in Charlotte. Is that right? That's right. Similar model to the Near West Side Partners, a little bit bigger. Near West Side is 1.9 square miles, about 30,000 people. Where I'm going is University City, where it's, it's the place where University of North Carolina at Charlotte is located. It's about 7.9 square miles, 45,000 residents. You have, uh, instead of having currently in Near West Side, we have Molson Coors, Marquette University, Advocate of Rural Health, Harley-Davidson, and Forest County Potawatomi as our founding anchors and our anchors supporting the work in the Near West Side. University City in Charlotte is Atrium Health, Wells Fargo, YMCA, Duke Energy, UNCC, and a host of other, about 21 different anchor institutions. Um, a little bit bigger. Um, there's some unique challenges to Charlotte, a little bit different from Milwaukee, but it's an amazing opportunity. I'm excited about it. So say a little bit more about what you're going to be doing. I want to talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing in Charlotte. I want to talk some about the Near West Side Partnership, talk some about black leadership in Milwaukee and what you see, the opportunities and challenges. But tell us, what is it that you're going to go do in Charlotte? So really, it's a replication of what I have done here in the Near West Side of Milwaukee, which is really working with anchor institutions, working with the business community to invest in the local community, invest in the people that live, work, play, and stay uh, in the University City area uh, for Charlotte. And so it's the same model. We call it the private-public partnership with the emphasis on private, private dollars from our anchor institutions and from our businesses going into the investment of the community. It's a model that we really have been able to fine-tune and work and develop here in the city of Milwaukee. And during that interview process, during that recruitment process, they reach out to me and was like, we hear what you're doing mm-hmm. in the near west side. We want to bring that to the city of Charlotte. The area I'm going to, it is the second largest economic base for the city of Charlotte mm-hmm. with those major anchor institutions outside of downtown. So talk a little bit more about here and what you've done. You were with Near West Side Partners for about eight years, eight is that years, right? Eight years, that's mm-hmm. correct, eight years, and really worked with those anchor institutions <clears throat> along with the seven different communities we have in the Near West Side, Avenues West, Cold Spring Park, Merrill Park, Martin Drive, Miller Valley, Pigsville, and worked with those communities to look at how we can impact four different areas, safety, um, housing, Commercial corridor development, which really is the business 
and then health. And each one I can point out, just a couple of few highlights. For safety, we've seen about a 35, 40% decrease in crime. We work with our residents to educate them on when to call the police, how to call the police. We do programs like uh, give out ring doorbell cameras. We work closely with MPD and MUPD, which is Marquette University Police mm-hmm. Department, to do a number of different initiatives and really galvanize the community around how they can be live in a safer area. So we've seen a number of different uh, successes out of that. Housing is key. We've brought in thousands of dollars to keep our residents there. So when residents were being kicked out, being evicted, we have a fund, a $50,000 fund each year that we uh, use to help keep people in their home. There was was cited in Matthew Desmond's book, uh, Evicted, and we wanted to make sure we changed that narrative to support our brothers and sisters who are dealing economically with economic challenges and make sure they stayed in their home. We also have a down payment program with the housing, with our housing program, where we actually offer a $5,000 down payment assistance to those who are interested in moving to their side. So we made a, duffel, a number of different marks there housing. Commercial corridor development is really the highlight for me. We've been able to recruit over 47 businesses to the nearest side, the majority being black or woman-owned. Those of us who love soul food, Daddy's Soul Food was one of the businesses we recruited. Yeah, I spend quite a few Sundays after church over at Daddy's. <laughs> I enjoy it, man. Yeah. I, the, the fried chicken, the, the uh, greens, uh, the black eyed peas, the, the cat, the guests, the yeah, cat, yeah. the catfish. Been absolutely amazing. And we're excited because we got, then we got Lisa K. Catering. We have Pete's Pop, Truman McGee, Funky Fresh, all those businesses we've been able to impact over the years and recruit them to our neighborhood. Tresicolo, Peru, Moe's Asian Food Market is one of the largest Asian food markets in our city, 45,000 square feet of space. We actively recruited and worked to get them there. An architect that spoke Mandarin, there was only one in the city. Mm. We helped them with a $172,000 ticket uh, item for their sprinkler system. So each one of those businesses, I have a unique story in how I support it and try to work. So let me back up a little bit. It came out of thin air, thin air, meaning it wasn't there before. Talk about how that came into being because your organization, you being the founding first executive director, talk about that. Use that phrase, anchor institutions. You guys really looked and mapped out strategically an area. Talk about how that came into being. A couple of things happened, and uh, run through this real quickly so those who are listening know. One, we had an incident in 2014. In 2014, a domestic violence incident that occurred across the street from Harley-Davidson and brought the attention really of not just Harley-Davidson but all our anchors. For the past 20 years, prior to 2014, we were doing really well as far as seeing decreases, dramatic decreases in violent crime. Mm-hmm. That changed in 2014. If you look at violent crime throughout the country, yeah. it began to increase, including the city of Milwaukee. And so we had this incident that brought in Dr. Lovell from Marquette University, who was just getting sworn in. Keith, at the time, the current, uh, at the time, the CEO, Keith Wendell, host of other people, Kelly Greeby from Molson Coors, a number of folks, Advocate of World Health Force, County Potter Auto. I mean, we had this conversation that came with a plan where those anchor institutions would then invest in the community. A part of that investing was really mapping out what we could do. And mm-hmm. so we looked at those four focus areas and we took people all the time. And I know, Walter, you probably get this too. People would tell me, I was like, Keith, you need to focus on unemployment. Keith, you need to focus on the brothers and sisters that are selling drugs. Keith, you need to focus on the crime. You need to focus on uh, how we can legalize marijuana. I'm like, listen, that's not, that's, I don't even get paid to do that. If I wanted to do it, I don't have the capacity to do it. Yeah. I focus on these four focus areas with the team we have at Newside Partners and our board and the resources. We want to make sure we got good housing options and we can support housing. We want to make sure we're dealing with safety. We want to make sure we're dealing with health and make sure we're dealing with commercial core development, bringing in entrepreneurs. A part of that was we did a um, 
what we call Rev Up Competition, which is basically our version of Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. We work with the five anchors. We give out $10,000 to the awardee that night. We bring about five, 600 people from the community to yeah. vote on a business. We do that every year since 2016. And that's been able to help us with that. So we've been able to really map out ways that we know we can directly impact our community. And a part of that also, too, which I know uh, you would appreciate, Walter, we also survey every single constituency in our community. So we survey our residents, mm-hmm. our students, our employers, and our employees, and we hear what they what their concerns are. About how many do you touch when you when you survey? We survey. We get about on a good year when we first started. We were getting over four thousand in total. Mm-hmm. I think now, especially with COVID and things have to change, we're about two thousand. Okay, but very intentional about reaching out and. Touching the diversity of the ground, really important in our city because those are one of the challenges that we have being a segregated and a siloed city. We're siloed uh, uh, horizontally and vertically as well, meaning that institutions at the top don't touch the ground as well as they could. But I, I, When I would say that, Walter, and a good point about that yeah. is that I did an appreciative inquiry summit, basically academic process that I found really fascinating. We actually brought the person in, Dr. David Cooper, writer, who actually made uh, develop this process had about a little bit over 100 people on this virtual meeting we had Jochen Zeitz who's the CEO of Harley Davidson mm-hmm. along with Mr. Percy Jackson from our uh, one of our uh, neighborhoods and to see this connection of our some of our top you know four to five hundred yeah. executives hanging out virtually with our residents to me spoke volumes because that's what we want to do. We want to make all the connections. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that's challenging, but we want to do that. No, that's great. And it, it is it's challenging, but because this is about leadership and black leadership, that's what leadership is about. It's about doing the challenging thing and the correct thing. You know, saying it's hard is a statement of fact, but it's not a statement that says don't do it. And so digging into that challenging, and it's really critical for us. That's exciting. Are there other uh, organizations in the city that are similar to Near West Side Partners? Yes, I would say there are a number of organizations. Each organization has its own spin, but there are a number of organizations that will do this type of community work. I would say Near West Side Partners is a community-based organization with a focus on economic development. But you may have, you know, actually – you will. You do have other organizations like Northwest Side CDC, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Near West Side. There's right. Northwest Side. Northwest Side is led by Willie Smith. Mm-hmm. He's done some amazing work over there economically, bringing in lending dollars to a number of these different businesses, mostly black-owned businesses. Yeah. So he leads that effort. And there's other groups, Sherman Park, Washington Park, a number of different groups, Metcalf with Danell Cross over there, mm-hmm. who do similar work, but we all have our unique spin on it and what we focus in on. Great stuff. Uh, I was looking at a quote from board chair who described the work of the Northwest Side Partnership as transformative. And I assume that you would agree. So share a bit about why you see it as transformative and its significance to Milwaukee. And if you want to add on to that, to black Milwaukee in particular. Near West Side, we were in a unique position to really have these anchors step up and, um, I will say, I know some people, you know, you always can critique things, but to actually have CEOs of a corporation, Fortune 500 or whatever, say that we are willing to step up and put our money where our mouth is. We want a safe community. We want a community that works for our employees. We also want a community that works for our residents. To me, just that commitment Mm -hmm. is powerful. 
then you add the fact there is not only is it, you know, the CEO saying it, everyone underneath the CEO, the whole entire organization. So no matter who, who's leading it, there is commitment from that anchor institution. We've been able to, you know, I mentioned earlier about crime. We've been able to impact the crime numbers to see areas decrease. One example is our traffic calming. We actually have a system for North 27th Street that we're applying everywhere to slow down traffic. We work closely with MUPD and MPD to make sure we're educating our residents. I think it's been transformative for us because what we, when we put our mind to it, with the support of the anchors, with the support of the residents, we are making change. The biggest challenge, I would say, business recruitment is actually not easy, but it's not as challenging as housing. Safety is not easy, but it's not as challenging as housing. Our biggest challenge is housing. Mm-hmm. Housing is very unique, but we're working on it. We've been able to partner with J.P. Morgan Chase, received a, a grant to focus specifically on black homeownership. So I would say for us, it's transformative because we have support of our anchor institutions, and they're able to put financial dollars to support the work we're doing. Awesome. I want to pivot a little bit into some discussion about black leadership. So first of all, this is hometown for you? Hometown, born and raised. All right. And so you are getting ready. On the Sherman Park playground where I spent most of my days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Um, So you've been here, you know, your, your whole life. Don't know, did you leave for school or you stayed here for school? Left for school, went to Alabama State University. Shout out to the Hornets. All right, all right. Uh, Audemars Russell Stamper is a Hornet, so we, oh, we, we crossed paths there at Alabama State. So you left and then came back, which is, I didn't, I'm not from Milwaukee, but I was here for high school, undergrad, left and chose to come back. And so you left and chose to come back. So you're from here, you have a lot of professional success in the city, and then we'll talk a little bit about your opportunity. But tell me about your commitment as a black leader to Milwaukee, because clearly you've been here serving and doing when you could have left or not come back at all. There's a couple of things. One, I made the decision to come back. My parents had a church. I thought I could support my parents with the church, support you know my community. There's a, a number of different opportunities that I wanted to look at. Most of my friends who went to Alabama State with me, they stayed down south, yep. you know, Atlanta, Charlotte, they stayed down there. But for me, I saw the opportunity of coming back and, and impacting my community in a certain way. And I knew the system, I knew the environment. And also there's a couple of other things too. Um, I know you didn't ask, ask this question, but similar in the same vein, which is, Walter, I really was looking for for-profit. I wanted to be in the for-profit space. And I think how our city is, my skill sets, whatever they are, leadership, communication um silky voice yeah there you go yes that's right that's right smooth you know uh, so was it very white you know dating myself with very white but uh <laughs> i would say that all that that wasn't recognized really for the in the for-profit space yeah. and so people say well keith you must really love what you i do love what i do mm-hmm. but also i probably would love the fortune 500 job i, pro- I would have loved the executive job I and mean, I, it didn't come to me in mm-hmm. fact you know the jobs that i did apply for they said you didn't have what it what it took i was able to find land a job but it made it paid half of what the jobs what i was searching for paid half mm-hmm. so i was able to i did that for five years was able to cut my teeth show my experience but i think sometimes our city and our and our state is challenged because we don't appreciate some of the, the skill sets that african-american talent brings great i mean that's a great segue it's a great comment kind of into my next question because you you, you talked about the opportunity uh, you had this uh, entrepreneurial opportunity in this job, and it is really launching you to your next step. You talked about your brothers and your partners in undergrad who stayed down south where there is more opportunity 
for black entrepreneurs, for black leadership, for black folks and corporations, and then, you know, having some challenges here. So talk a little bit more of both what opportunities do you see on the horizon for black leadership in Milwaukee and uh, what challenges do you see on the horizon for black leadership in Milwaukee? I would say I think my city, I love the city of Milwaukee. I think it, it provides so much opportunity. The city of Milwaukee is small enough where you're one phone call away from anybody. Mm-hmm. Whether at, that's the mayor, or the governor, any of our leaders. I mean, literally, I would say this Milwaukee is not a hustle town. Okay. I struggle with it sometimes because I consider myself a hustle type person. Yeah. Not street hustle. No, I know what you mean. Grind. Yeah. Yeah. The grind. Yeah. I ain't hustling. Yeah, you're like, not running games. Yeah, exactly. But you're running hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Milwaukee. And I'm not and that's a reflection on not just any particular race nope. or ethnicity. Yeah. It is all of us. We're yeah. very laid back. Yes. Test the waters. Yeah. And even the ones who say, because there's people who would say, well, Keith, you need to be more radical. Your litmus test for being radical is not really doing work is just telling somebody off or being emotional <laughs> about it's not uh, radical may listen yeah. you know we need to meet every day yeah, yeah. and go do this work and be committed yeah. but it's not i'm gonna go tell off the mayor yeah. I guess that's not yeah no I mean, we could tell that could be a whole nother i appreciate that as one who's still who's here and is going to stay here for a minute it's not because that you know that's a momentary satisfaction but is it is it moving exactly. metrics is it m- having an impact now i will say this and then we're going to circle back to the question. I mean, it's all connected. There is more value than I appreciated in the voice in the public square. I, I, I didn't, because I'm a lawyer by profession right. and a professor, so I'm always looking at systems and structures and how do you move systems. And that's really, and that's the hard work. But what I am also recognizing at this stage of my journey, that the community is looking for people to speak up and speak out. It doesn't necessarily have to be telling somebody off, although it can be. But more voice in the public square is, is important. Uh, but keep going. You were talking about the challenges and opportunities. Yeah, so I say the challenge, I think, for us is being able to do that grind and embrace it and mm-hmm. lean into it. Mm-hmm. Make the connections. Why are you doing that? And I want well, to learn this. I had some great mentors. You know, of course, my parents, mm-hmm. Claude and Jacqueline Stanley. Of course, my mentors like Alderman Willie Hines, mm-hmm. Vincent Lyles, Tyrone Dumas, my yeah. buddy. All these people who've kind of who fed into my life and gave me guidance and direction. Sometimes you got to know when to speak. You got to know when not to speak. Yeah. Sometimes you got to know when to make yourself big and make yourself small. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, Walter, with all your experience, you know all those things. And I think that that's sometimes a challenge for not just leaders, all leaders, but definitely for the black community. I think I've been in meetings where, like, I, brother or sister, I need you to listen. If a person is going to cut us a check and we can get some things done, I'm not saying sell out, right. but now you're going to tell this person off, tell this person what they need to do. You a white male and you a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving nobody nothing if you're going to tell me off. Right. And I'm not saying that you don't sell, you sell out. I'm saying that understand your role, understand your place, understand when you need to speak out. I went to Detroit for about a week, mm-hmm. and I met brothers and sisters there to talk about what all they're doing. And one thing the lady told me, young lady, she's like, Keith, in positions, you got to either, sometimes you got to speak to, speak up, or speak out. Mm-hmm. Certain positions, you just need to speak to people. Yeah. Certain positions, you need to speak up. I got to tell you what needs to be done. Yeah. And I think we struggle with that sometimes in our city. We don't know when it makes sense. We don't know when... Our, to leverage our relationships to work, whether it's with the mayor, political person, or work mm-hmm. with somebody who's philanthropic. And I think that's a struggle. That's good. And that's really nuanced. A couple of strands on that. I was at a session, Real Men Real Talk, over at G's a couple of Mondays ago. 
and I know this about us, I'm talking about us being black men in particular, when we gather in a space, and if I haven't had the blessing or opportunity or space to have a lot of voice, when I get the microphone, I'm going to use it for a minute, and that's fine. But recognizing kind of the need to create space for us to have voice, one, and then, okay, now what am I going to use my voice for? What's the goal? Is the goal to say the thing? I mean, if that's the goal, say the thing. Or is the goal to achieve a result, move a project, move a policy, move some dollars? Then there, there's a difference there. I'll stop there on that point, but it does make a difference and especially if one is called to or calls himself a leader because the objective of a leader is to lead something, to make some motion down a path. And so we have to be aware and conscious of what we're doing and how we're acting to make sure to accomplish the goal. I think it's so valuable mm-hmm. to have organizations like mm-hmm. this African-American Leadership Alliance, I want to make the alliance, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rationale is being because we need to educate our leaders on how to make to push that goal, push mm-hmm. forward to those goals. And I like the fact that you have been leading that charge. And, and I would just give a shout out and give that commercial now because leaders need to know mm-hmm. in the foundation you've laid, the foundation that Dr. Jeanette Mitchell has laid. That is key that people I meet so many black folks who are in leadership position who a lot of times they're lead, bleeding on their followers yeah. they're going off and if i was like oh, yeah. give me the vision and let's work and motivate me to the vision don't tell me off when i'm trying to follow you or yeah. don't make me feel belittled and i believe in you and we a lot of our leaders haven't yeah it's huge if you don't love the people then you don't need to be in the leadership seat and i've seen some people do that and i've seen other people who are just frustrated but the leadership journey really is about loving the people being close and proximate to the people and walking forward together not always easy but I mean, that's the, we, we were talking about things that are easy and hard. Leadership is it's hard work, it's challenging, requires long suffering and some commitment and patience and a whole bunch of other stuff. I think most of our brothers and sisters, if you got a college education, because that's who I can speak to, if you got a college education, you're an African American, especially if African American male in the city of Milwaukee, depending on your field, depending on your sector, you should be making six figures easily. Now, I would say that real quickly because I think that there is. If I go to Atlanta, there's a whole bunch of Keith Stanleys. There's a whole bunch of Keith folks who got the same similar background, some education. But in Milwaukee, the opportunity is that you can walk in doors that many folks haven't walked into. And if you do it right, you know, be a part of a nonprofit board. Lean in, listen, learn from people, be open, be have some humility. A lot of times some of our young brothers and sisters are like, ah, I, this should be happening because I graduated and I got this degree. I don't, no one cares about that. They care about, do can you make connections? Can you inspire people? Can you do something? Can you raise $10,000 for this small nonprofit? And I would just say, if if I was to tell the, the 20-something-year-old Keith Stanley who's in Milwaukee, yeah. lean in, learn, be open to guidance, that ego is hard for us because what we've been through and our trauma and our pain. But sometimes mm-hmm. you got to put it to the side and say, what do I need to do so I can be successful? And I just think there's a lot of opportunity here in my beautiful, wonderful city that you got to take advantage of. Yeah, agreed. Appreciate that you called out quite a few of your mentors because a lot of people have poured into you. And so it, and it shows. It makes a difference. And, you know, you talked about uh, your parents. We talked earlier about strong black flamings and strong black marriage. All of those things uh, play into that in the building of community. What do you think about uh, another brother who just left? Yeah. Uh, Jamal Smith. That's right. A <laughs> hornet. He was Alabama State. Oh, okay. See, so, yeah. And so he's actually going to Charlotte. And I was certainly sad to see you go, and I was sad to see him go, and others just for us because it's talent going, and we're still nurturing and, and seeking to develop talent here. We have 200 alumni, by the way, participants in our program. 
about 80% of the people that go through the AALP program remain in Milwaukee, which is cool. Oh, but we're excited about that. We celebrate your elevation. But it also says something about the quality of black talent here in Milwaukee. People are looking at Milwaukee and uh, saying, hey, here's some talent. Let's go pull on this talent pool here. So share a little bit of your thoughts about the quality and potential of black leadership in Milwaukee. I would say there are a ton of excellent folks who are done doing great work in our city. And it's really exciting to be able to work with those people. I think Milwaukee is almost like a a science lab where, in fact, I would say this, I think the people, brothers and sisters who are in leadership positions, they have a unique spin and perspective because you're working in an environment where you don't have the resources. We've lost population over the past 20, 30 years. We don't have Fortune 500 companies coming to our community. You see in Charlotte or Atlanta or some of these other southern cities. And so those who can make it here, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, those who can make it and can deal with that grind, as we talked about, Walter, those are some dynamic people. Yeah. You know. And you're one of them. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and you too, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and it's good. And also we're in a global economy, a global society, a global world, and so we also have to build connectivity between Milwaukee and the rest of the globe, including Charlotte, so you're not, not far away. The other thing I want to uh, – I have one more question. I just want to pop this out here. When you think about ALEM, our organization, and we do a phenomenal job of uh, developing leaders. It's a nine-month cohort program, about 20 people that go through each year. It's, it's really solid uh, – just everybody does really well. And so we were doing that for years under Dr. Mitchell's leadership, and we got to a certain point and said, okay, that's good. We've developed you as an individual, but you can max out as an individual inside structures that are not embracing warm, that not are culturally competent. So that's part of ALEM is saying, how can we support black leaders? How can we support a Keith Stanley or others who are in spaces so that corporations, institutions, organizations know that somebody's got a leader's back. So that's another piece of our puzzle. Last question. Are there any stones that you feel have been unturned in reference to the work that you've been doing and others, uh, your colleagues, even as you depart here in the city, addressing housing, crime, poverty, racial disparities? What are some things that you move on, but not too far, only a Zoom call away or flight away? Are some things that you would say, hey, here's a, a couple of things Milwaukee needs to focus on? I will say this a uh, couple of things real quickly. This morning, I was sending out emails about things that need to be done in the West Side. Yeah. Working with Alderman Baum, who's our alderman, represents about 80% of the West Side. I'm sending out every day there's things I still want to do. I'm still trying to do. I'm trying to pull away from that. I'm dealing with that founder, executive director yeah, issue. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say I was, I was driving in the car with, at the time, my fiance, now my beautiful wife, going westbound on Avenues West, uh, going west, westbound on Wisconsin Avenue, and I looked at Wisconsin Legal Blank. Wisconsin Legal Blank is a business been there for years. Yeah. I've used them for a lot of stuff. And I broke down and started crying. Oh, wow. Man, I started. And the reason why I started crying because I said, I remember when I went there and I took a picture of the grandfather who, who passed um, yeah. during 2020. And I took a picture of him. I took a picture of his sons. I took a picture of their dog, Hauser. And I then nominated them for an award for small business. And every time I can go past each corner, I can tell you a story. I can tell you a story about brothers and sisters who died who I said I wanted to help because they was, was suffering from mental illness yeah. or addiction. Yeah. And and I did my best to connect them. And so for me, even though I know there's so much stuff I want to do, mm-hmm. I know that when I leave, I left everything on the floor. Like, yeah. I didn't play ball, but I know they talk yeah. about that, the blood, sweat, and tears. When yeah, you, yeah. I, people can, Anybody who come and say, well, Keith, you should have. I, 
I, man, there was not one phone call. I didn't, Let me try to make this phone call. I'm going to call this person do this. I'm going to do this. Now, don't get me wrong. I, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and there's more stuff I want to yeah. do. But I feel good as I begin to make my exodus knowing that, you know, I did. I tried, man. I was sending about 400 letters a year mm-hmm. to businesses to come to near Westside. Yeah. Me. Be- before the anchor institutions, I was like, you know, I'm going to just send a letter. And I would get most of them didn't respond. But I think to me it was the fact that I tried my best. And so I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I would love to do. But I know that there's some great talent. There's some great leaders. Yeah. And the, those who come behind me in that particular position, in that neighborhood, there's some great things that have happened. I love it, man. I love you. Uh, you always passionate. And I saw it rise up <laughs> as you were describing that. And putting yeah. in the work makes a difference. That's mm-hmm. another thing about success is it looks pretty and effortless and smooth and suave on the other side, but it's putting in that work. I appreciate the fact that I've been able to work with so many excellent, and I'm going to get specific here, brothers in this community, yeah. black men. For me growing up in the city of Milwaukee, I always heard black men don't do this and black men don't do this. It's amazing to see these brothers, you know, whether it's our mayor, whether it's our chief of police, mm-hmm. or there's a brother like you, whether there's a brother like my mentor or at now executive director of housing authority, uh, Willie L. Hines, yeah. and the list can go on of brothers I've connected with who do amazing work, and that has inspired me too. Awesome. We look forward to getting you back into Milwaukee periodically. I look forward to when it's really cold here and I can come hang out with you in Charlotte. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Alum Talks, where we build community through black leadership excellence. Visit our website and sign up for our newsletter to stay current with events, new podcast episodes, and our latest research on black leadership excellence in Milwaukee. The link is in the show notes. Hashtag MKE 2025. Thank you.